Welcome to Miles and Smiles, a podcast about love, service, and discovery. I'm your host, Julie Hatch. Join me on this adventure called life. To connect with me, visit thetruelovetour.com. Welcome back. I hope each of you had a wonderful Christmas holiday and New Year's. This is the time of year, as you know, when we hear so much buzz about goals, aspirations, and intentions. It wasn't much different for me. However, I feel like my clean slate, so to speak, or my New Year's actually happened the beginning of December. From the previous episode, you may have learned that we were faced with an unexpected move. This came at the worst possible time. You never want to move around the holidays. It's not very much fun to be packing (laughs) when you're trying to have Christmas or New Year's. However, we were faced with this move. We knew it was coming. We just didn't know when. And it also occurred during a time when we were looking at different options for my daughter in regards to homeschooling in order to know which co-op to place her in. We need to know where we were going to move. The same applies to considering a job. Now looking ahead, I thought this is a good time to start preparing for my future. I started considering getting a second job that would offer me benefits and consistent pay. But in order to know where I wanted to apply for work, I needed to know where we were moving because I didn't want an hour commute on my hands. So everything was really up in the air. We had no idea where we were going and what we were doing. And a whole month went by like this, not to mention we had this motorhome that we needed to get out of our driveway. We had all kinds of things, plans for when we for staying because originally we were going to um, renovate this motorhome and travel in it. And now we're looking at possibly downsizing and where we would be looking would not accept a motorhome. So many, many things were on our platter all at once, right around Christmas time. Needless to say, Christmas was very sparse. It was very low key and lackluster. In fact, we decided not to pull out anything from the attic. We decided to replace our seven-foot tree with a three-foot tree. We didn't hang any stockings. We didn't bake. We didn't go caroling. We didn't do a lot of the things that we typically do. However, it was still enjoyable and relaxing. And I think the part that I enjoyed the most was letting go of expectations, just letting go. It was an unusual Christmas, and for that, probably memorable, but I really didn't miss the stockings and all the fanfare. I think it was just nice to be with the ones that we love and, you know, just enjoy a very simple Christmas. So I want to share with you, however, three things that I did during this transition that I believe will help you if you find yourself going through transition as well. So stay tuned.
this move, we found ourselves in transition for an entire month before we made a decision. The decision we made ultimately was not one that we thought we would make. I will share that that decision with you at the end. But for now, I want to talk about being open. Being open means that you look at all of your options. It means maybe writing down a list of what your options are. For us, you know, my husband and I, we were not on the same page. My husband wanted to move sometime around March and April. I wanted to move sometime around February. So our timeframes were different. He wanted to consider rent to own. I didn't hear very good things about rent to own. I was thinking we should just rent and downsize and, and just move somewhere temporarily until we can start working on getting approved for a home loan. So that was my thought process. So we had different approaches, different things that we wanted to consider more heavily than others. And it was hard. It was really hard. When you are working with a person, if you are not on the same page as them, you will stand still. You will not go anywhere. In fact, it's sort of like you spin your wheels. It's not a very good situation. What it does is it fosters a lot of frustration and it makes you feel very insecure and unstable. And that was the case with us. Now, my husband being on the autism spectrum, change is hard for me. It's hard for many people. For most people, I think change is hard. But I think especially for him, uh, he likes to have things, you know, in a certain place. He likes order. He likes to know way ahead of time, you know, what, what the deal is. What's the plan? And sometimes when change happens, it creates sort of this, I don't want to say meltdown, but he goes into his man cave. Like he retreats in because sometimes it can feel very overwhelming. Change can feel very overwhelming to him. So in this case, I had to give him time and I had to be patient with him. I knew that it was a matter of giving him time to open up his mind to other possibilities. So that was hard for me because as you know, I wanted to move a lot sooner than he did. And I'm thinking, okay, we have January to get everything packed, to get everything cleaned, uh, all the nail holes filled, like minor repairs like that. We had a lot that we had to do. And then on top of that, we still had to find a place to live. <laughs> so in my time frame, you know, we were thinking we'd begin in January. Well, okay. And then we give our notice February 1st holy moly, like that's not a lot of time. So patience was really hard for me to exercise in this particular situation. However, I had to. On top of it, we had this motorhome that we had dreamt of renovating. Now, for some reason in my gut, I was feeling like we needed to downsize. I felt like we needed to take a, I think, we needed to be prepared. We needed to take a me- take a measure, take a step that would help prepare us for what was to come. In other words, if something happened to my husband and I needed to make the payments, whether it was rent or mortgage, I needed to be able to position myself to do that. So there were a lot of things where I just thought, you know, for now, maybe we should downsize. My son moved out. We don't need this big house. We'll just downsize. But in doing that, that would mean letting go of the motorhome. 
And we had quite a situation on our hands with that. So that was very, very stressful. Uh, you know, it was a motorhome that was that we purchased wanting to renovate. So it wasn't in working condition. And in order to get it towed, we'd have to have it towed to a whole other state because our state does not have junkyards for motorhomes. So we really, I mean, th- this was just sort of a nightmare of a situation for us. We were also considering co-ops for my daughter who I homeschool. However, we need to know where we're going to live in order to know which co-op to join. And then we were also considering my getting a second job that would give me benefits and consistent wages in case something did happen to my husband. So uh, we were thinking of a second job. However, if you don't know where you're going to move, you don't want to be doing a, you know, an hour commute just to get to work. So again, everything was hinging on this move. And the thing that I realized straight away is that I had to be open. I had to be open to many different options, not just the one that I had in my head. I needed to be open to the options my husband was considering. And then together, we also needed to be open to the others. So we decided to go down a list of options and to consider each one one by one. It meant also being open to inspiration. I believe that God is a steward over our families. Well, he he allows us to be stewards over our children, but he is also the steward over our families. And we, when we include him into any equation in life, it definitely makes it, it lightens the load, I will say. It doesn't always make it easier. I think sometimes he allows us to experience difficult things so that we can become stronger. However, he is able to give us inspiration that we may not have received on our own. So I think being open to God is important. Being open to others, if others are included and involved in this, you need to be open to them. And then the other part of this is being open to other options, which we just discussed So as you can see, the first step, I think, is just to be open, which also requires faith. You need to have faith that everything is going to work out. If you keep looking at every option with a negative mindset, you're never going to get anywhere. I think anytime you're dealing with transition, it's always more beneficial to be hopeful and optimistic and exercise faith than it is to be a negative Nelly (laughs) and to, you know, poo-poo every single option that comes your way. Next, I'm going to talk about letting go and what that looked like. Stay tuned. Letting go. I want you to think about different things you've had to let go of throughout your life, whether it was a relationship, whether it was a death in the family, whether it was leaving behind a community or neighbors that you love. Think back to that time. How did you feel? 
usually we go through grief when we have to let go. For my husband, he had to let go of the dream that this house represented. He had to let go of the hopes that he had for his future that were connected with the home that we were in and soon to leave. So for me, it was different. For my daughter and I, the letting go part that was hard was not the dream. It was letting go of our community and our neighbors whom we had grown very fond of and loved. We had so many memories. We have so many memories with these people that we've come to love and really uh, felt like extended family. That it that the idea of moving, pardon me, the idea of moving was very difficult, and we went through this grieving stage. All three of us did in our own ways, and even my son. You know, my youngest son, who is still living with us while he's going to school, uh, he was even looking at different things that he needed to let go of, um, kind of old friendships, and not not in the sense like permanently, but just recognizing that they were in a different phase of their life than where he was at, and uh, that that all came during this time. I think when you go through transition, it's a cleansing period. And sometimes um, in his case, I think sometimes there's wounds that you clean and sting a little bit. (laughs) He, he was doing some cleaning up of his own in regards to his personal life. So we each had our own thing that we were letting go of. I also had to let go of, stability and security, those feelings of stability and security. I, and by that, I mean, I had to let go of the expectation, let go of expectations and just allow the inspiration to come take one day at a time and, and just trust that it's going to work out that as you become informed about your options you will eventually make a decision. You can pray about it. And then before you know it, a decision will be made and your action will be taking place. So it's one of those things where I had to let go of expectations that everybody in my family was going to handle this exactly the way I was, that we were going to be downsizing, that we were going to move, you know, the end of February. We really had to let go of a lot of things. And And for me, I mean, honestly, it just felt like a laundry list of letting go, letting go, letting go. And I think for me, that was really, really hard. What that looked like is I think I just shut down. Like I remember talking to my mom and saying, it's the craziest thing. I've just, I feel completely frozen, just frozen. And the minute I said that, I knew that the reason I was frozen was because I was in fear. I was in fear that we wouldn't be able to get rid of the motor home. I was in fear that we wouldn't find a home to rent to own or buy, or I was in fear that we weren't going to be able to afford a four bedroom. and would have to live in a three bedroom. I was, I had so many fears. And what happened is I found myself just completely frozen. All of my daily routines and rituals were completely shelved. Like I just didn't do anything. I was just completely out of sorts. Like I, every day looked different and 
every day I was dealing with different emotions. And it was just one of those things where I wasn't coping. I wasn't studying my scriptures. I wasn't really uh, going to temple. I wasn't, I wasn't doing the things that I normally do. I wasn't cooking a whole lot. I wasn't, I wasn't even packing. I just froze. I just froze up and felt like the only thing I was doing is praying and packing, purging, I should say, not packing, purging like crazy. I think because that was the only thing that gave me a sense of accomplishment. And then playing like at night after hard work of purging and taking loads over to Deseret Industries, uh, we would play on like Minecraft. My daughter and I, we would play Minecraft and kind of go into creative mode as sort of a release. And then that was it. That's what December felt like. The three P's, right? Pray, purge, and play. (laughs) And the play part was very narrow. It was a very small amount of time that was allocated each day right before bedtime. So it was just one of those things where we were all off, just completely off. My husband had two weeks off. And so I was hoping that we could use the second week, which would have been the week after Christmas to talk to a loan officer or realtor. And he was just, it was snowing. We didn't want to, we didn't want to go out in the snow. It was very cold out. It was just one of those things where we, (laughs) we hold up. We just did not go anywhere or do any much of anything with the exception of purging and taking loads over to DI during the days it wasn't snowing, but oh my goodness, that's what it looked like for us. And what I learned is that I had to let go. I had to give myself permission to let go. And I needed to hold that space for my family members, you know, even my friends who, you know, this is what, this was unexpected. Our church community in our neighborhoods, uh, even family, I think that everyone was just waiting you know, what, what is the Hatch family going to (laughs) do? You know, um, our church community, I think Hannah came home one day and she's like, my friends at church, like they won't, they won't text me. They won't invite me to play or anything like they used to. And she said, but I get it because I think they just don't want to hurt when it's time to say goodbye because that's how I feel mom. And I went, yeah, I get it. But you know, I think those people that we formed relationships with that were reciprocal where we loved them and they loved us. I think even they were kind of is sort of this wait and see thing. And I think being precautious, is that the right word? Cautious, being cautious about, you know, how much they should invest in people who are getting ready to move away from them. So it really was just this thing that affected many people. And a lot of times the transition, we don't, think about how it affects people outside of the ones that it directly affects, right? So it's really interesting, this whole thing. It's it's interesting to me, all the things that came to the surface. Okay, when I get back, I'm going to talk about the third thing that I did that I think will help you. Stay tuned.
last but not least, the third thing that we did was we decided to be still. I think in all of this, you know, I touched on faith a little bit, but I want to talk about that for a minute. Because faith isn't always, it's not having the answers. Faith is believing in something that you can't see. We couldn't see the future. We had to take each day, little by little, step by step, and wait for the inspiration to come. And interestingly, the inspiration didn't come. You know, there's several different answers that we can get to our prayers. And the first is, of course, yes. And we know and we feel that conviction and that inspiration and we we follow through with that, right? And then, of course, the, the other answer is no. And then I think there's a third answer, which is anything you're considering will work. <laughs> so you get to choose. And that was the case with us. I felt like, you know, there's this saying, I don't know if it's a saying, it's more of a terminology, I think. And it's called slothful servant, where you are constantly waiting for direction, but you don't take any initiative or act in faith. And I think through this whole experience, God was trying to teach me how to act in faith. It meant going and doing and then coming back to the Lord and saying, okay, did I, what I've done it now. Do you, do you sustain my efforts? Do you support this? Or did I choose the wrong thing? I know that God won't allow us to get too far off the track if we've chosen the wrong thing. But I also think that he allows us to learn through opposition and that sometimes he does allow us to stumble and fall. And uh, because I think he knows that we also learn. Pain is a teacher. And I think he understands that this is another way that we learn. And he lets us taste pain as a way to develop empathy for those who are also tasting pain. Um, life is not just roses and butterflies and unicorns. We all know this, right? And in order to know joy, we need to know pain. Like in order to know happiness, we need to know sadness. You know, there's a lot of opposition that I believe even God himself follows. You know, it's a law that that has always been, it's a universal law that's always been in existence. And I think that we learn so much through opposition So in this case, we had to exercise a great portion of faith. And this time it wasn't so much faith in the Lord that he would direct us because we weren't really receiving any direction. We had to have faith in ourselves that if we did fall, we could pick ourselves up. That if we, that we could also make good decisions or wise decisions and that we could act in faith. So we had to have faith in ourselves, and my husband and I had to have faith in each other. And that was very challenging. I'm not going to lie. That was a challenge for me. I think it was a challenge for all of my family members. After about a month, towards the end of December, I went into the bedroom where my husband was, and I said, okay, 
how are you feeling? Let's revisit this. He goes, Julie, we have visited this so many times and it never changes. I said, listen, but maybe there's something that we can talk about where we'll actually listen to each other. And he said, okay, what? And I said, well, listen, I know you're considering this. I'm considering this. And we have been still for a while. But we also, in order to move forward, we need to know what we're doing. We need to be able to make a decision and act on that decision. And he had been looking at different options. And he said, you know, Julie, he said, I'm not feeling good about any of these options right now. He said, um, I was looking into our budget and I think that we can buy ourselves a little more time. I understand that we need to make a decision now, but I think we can buy ourselves some time. I have enough in savings to get us through July. And then if we just do some cutbacks, we can probably stay right where we are. But during this process, I do think we should still look into, you know, talking to a loan officer and preparing ourselves for a time when it feels right to move. And I agreed with that. I think it's interesting because we, when our rent increased, we, we took this as, oh, we need to move because we couldn't, we can't afford the increase. We really thought, okay, moving, that's why this is happening. We have to move. When really it was just a catalyst, I believe, for making necessary changes and learning how to let go. We purged so much that it forced us to focus on the Lord. We didn't have any distractions anymore. You know, we had no attachments to things. And so the only thing we could attach ourselves to, to feel stable and secure during the transition was God. He was our foundation through that period of time. And he still remains that foundation. But I am grateful, even if we didn't feel a tremendous amount of inspiration and guidance, we are grateful that we could feel secure in in his hands that with whatever decision we make that we would be okay and the one that we ended up making and staying required a tremendous amount of faith because we each had different ideas and once we made a decision we felt at peace and we we felt that this was good and that this next year would mean we would have to come together and plan take time to plan and that we we felt that we would feel that confirmation of, you know, yes, this is the right move for you um, when the time comes. But I think it's a timing thing. So right now we're staying and then we're looking into our, our options. So this has been a fascinating journey for us. Uh, I am grateful for the things that I've been able to learn through this you know, January, as I mentioned before, it's a time of new goals and aspirations and intentions. Some people choose one word intentions or a few words. Some people set goals. Some people dream, create dreams. But what I want you to know is that whatever you decide, it doesn't, A, it doesn't have to look like anybody else's. You know, some people attack their goals with a fierceness. It, and, and passion. Some people approach their goals with humility and an open heart. But what goals mean is change because you are not staying where you are. In order to reach your goals, you're moving out of your comfort zone. 
and you are transitioning. You are transitioning into a better version of yourself or a better life for yourself. And so I think it's really appropriate to be talking about transition right now because I think there's so much focus on goals and aspirations and intentions and those things are good. And on that note, I will just say there is an episode where I talk about goals, the kind of goals you set, whether it's from your heart or your mind, which you might want to go listen to. But I think even more than that is just learning how to go with the flow and my husband is so much better at that than I am. I'm the, I told him, I said, you're so good at going with the flow. I'm usually the person that directs the flow. <laughs> so, um, you know, we have different approaches, but in this case, it benefited me to take a stance more like he was taking and to go with the flow and let go, be open, have faith, you know, be still that maybe it was actually okay to be frozen for a little bit because I think if I wasn't, I would have really pushed the envelope. I would have really tried to exert myself, my will on my family members. So maybe it was best in that situation that I just froze. Although you never want fear to be the, the catalyst. I, I, I don't, most fear I don't think is healthy unless it's truly protecting you from danger. But, um, but it did also make, cause me to be still. So that part was good. I hope that you are patient with yourself as you move forward this year, that you keep the same enthusiasm that you have in creating your goals. Keep that alive. Know your why. Know what direction you're going. Stay motivated because you can do it. I've accomplished many, many things in my life. And I can tell you that... Um, understanding my why, understanding my where, uh, the how and the when was kind of up to God, I think. (laughs) But also knowing my what, all, you know, those three things really helped me stay motivated. So I wish you each the best. And if you would like to connect with me, feel free to check out my website at thetruelovetour.com or www.thetruelovetour.com. And I will be updating that soon because through this journey, the True Love Tour has, uh, the purpose has stayed the same, but the way that it looks has changed. And so my website will be reflecting that in the near future. Stay tuned, guys. I My plan is to get an episode out each Monday since we're not moving after all. Not, well, I shouldn't say never, but for this time being, we're not moving. And so you can expect another episode on the following Monday, which is, I'm going to look at my calendar really quickly, the 13th. So come back on the 13th and you'll, you'll hear a new episode. Take care and make today great. Thank you.